Jeremy to come, I want to give you a little update on uh, the Spanish-speaking church down there at Versailles. I was with Brother Todd Marks yesterday and then uh, last night and today, and Brother Todd, after the morning service, he came over and he just, I mean, he was so excited, and I walked out and at the dinner they had they had a bunch of new families that had come. And uh, I said, well, how did they, did you go in and see them? He said, absolutely not. He said, actually what happened was some of the people in the church where he's trying to uh, get a church going and what have you, actually went and invited this other family. And another family was invited by that family. And uh, they have newborn babies and they have all kinds of kids and uh, man, they was all excited. I mean, those folks were—they come out. They come out of their service. They come over to uh, over to faith, and and man, they was. I mean, they they can't speak any English, but I'm telling you what, they was nothing but smiles and just just rejoicing, just rejoicing and of hearing, you know, hearing about Jesus. And I thought that was amazing. I wanted to tell you all that. It was really a good day, and. And as we as we were leaving, uh, Brother Marks took me over and and showed me the sanctuary and everything. And and they, I mean they're all excited. I mean they are really excited. The uh, the two new families that were that were coming one last week and and she brought another family with her this week. They're just young families and they're they're big families. But as I was standing there in the doorway of the, of the church. Uh, Greeting them, and you know, of course, you know, I, I mean, we do the best we can, but just a smile and a nod, and I think that means everything in the world to people, you know, that they could connect with that. And they, they just felt like they were, they were uh, in a place where, you know, they had friendship, and I, I thought that was good. Brother Todd and Rosalinda are just ecstatic. They're, I mean, they're really seeing some things happen. So keep praying for them. Pray God will bless them, and and pray that the Lord will give them the support they stand in need of. And just pray the Lord will save souls there. I mean, they're reaching a the people that has not been reached in that area where they're at. Okay, they're, they're in an area. That, I mean, the, the houses, I mean, it just goes on forever, it looks like. And uh, there's a lot of Spanish-speaking people there that need to hear Jesus. They need to hear more than than what they were used to in Catholicism is what I'm saying. And they are getting it and they're really, really coming to and they're really enjoying it. So pray for pray for the marks. Pray God will help them and bless them and that uh, some good things begin to start happening there. So let's go to Lord in prayer and ask, his, ask the blessing upon Brother Jeremy as he comes and speaks. Pray the Lord will just bless him in a very special way. Brother Donnie, could you do it for us please? Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you once again for another 
opportunity that you've allowed us to be here. Lord, we pray, Father, that you'll be with the names that have been mentioned on the prayer list. Lord, we pray, Father, that you'll be with them, their families, be with those in hospitals and nursing homes. Comfort them, Father. And be with those families with lost loved ones. And Lord, we pray, Father, that you'll be with Brother Jeremy as he comes and stands before us and reads your words tonight. Lord, we pray that you'll be strengthen him and guide him, Father, in his walk, his preparation for your word. And Lord, we pray, Father, that you go with us. Come week. Strengthen us, Lord, that we may be a light in all souls' life and be witnesses that you have us to be. And Lord, we pray for us to give you a strengthen Father, and keep walking here. Lord, be with us, lead God, and direct us in all things. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Brother Jeremy, you come. Yes, sir. I'll let you just Monday morning, when this life is old, I fly away. And the mountains are Yes, sir. 
great service this morning, and, and you know, it's a, it's a great pleasure to see Brother John back with us, as uh, Brother Jim was saying, you know, just, just praying in, in the prayer room, hoping for, for good services where he was, safe travels back, and we come out and, and find him right here with us. That's, that's such a blessing, so glad to have you back, brother. Uh, if you will, let's, let's turn back to, to Luke chapter 10, and uh, Luke chapter 10, verse 38 through 42 is where we'll be this evening. Luke chapter 10, verse 38 through 42. This passage of Scripture says, And now it came to pass, as they went, that he entered into a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was cumbered about much serving and came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Bid her therefore that she help me. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things, but one thing is needful. And Mary hath chosen that good part which shall not be taken away from her. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I, I come to you this evening so thankful again to, to, to stand here, Lord, and, and, and be used as your vessel. And Lord, we do pray that as your word goes forth, that Lord, you would open up our hearts. Lord, you would open up our minds. Lord, you would help us to, to clear away any distractions. Lord, that this next period of time, that Lord, we would truly receive your word, and Lord, we would receive it with gladness. Lord, that we would search ourselves. Lord, and look to, to see... If we're really giving you all that we have, Lord, I do pray for for any that amongst us that might be lost, or any that's within earshot, Lord, that maybe this message could be used to, to open up their eyes, Lord, to, to see if they're, if they're lost and dying condition. Lord, we do pray that you would save the lost amongst us tonight. Lord, I pray on my own behalf that the Lord, you would just use me, Lord, that you would you'd allow me to, to be glorifying unto you. Lord, I do ask this in the name of your, your Son, Jesus Christ, and amen. I'd like to bring a message tonight, understanding our priority. You know, as, as Christian people, I think we have a true priority in, to, to place Christ as, as number one. But, you know, we, we hear that word priority, and, and we hear people say, you know, I've, I've got to get my priorities in line. I, I've got to get my priorities right. I've got to shift my priorities around to, to make time for, for this and, and make time for that. 
But do we really realize that by having different priorities day to day or, or even week to week, that we're really demonstrating our inability to, to understand what a priority is? You know, our priorities shouldn't be shifting. If it's really a priority, then that should be number one, not just on one or two days a week, but our priority should be our priority day in and day out. You see, by definition, priority means that the state of being prior. It's the thing that, that, that always comes first. It also says that it's superior in rank, position, or privilege. It's something that, that, that's more important. It's superior than anything else. And the third definition I think fits well as well. Something giving, given or meriting attention before the competing alternatives. I'm going to place my attention on this one thing before anything else gets any part of me. I'm going to place what comes first and give it what it deserves before I pour into anything else, before I allow anything else to have time in my life. You see, by changing our priorities frequently, we're admitting one of two things. We're admitting that either the thing that once held in view has changed, that the thing that we once said is my priority. If we're changing our priorities, then we're either admitting something about that thing or, or person has changed and it no longer merits my first place. Or our current view of it has changed. So either it has changed or we have changed. It may, it may be the same, but I don't view it the same now. And you know, as Christians, this should never be true. This should never be true in our life. Our priority always ought to be centered on God. And we know through Scripture that God is unchanging. He's the same yesterday, today, and always. So therefore, if our priorities have changed, it's not because He has, but it's because our view of Him has. That's tragic. Yeah, that's tragic because we know that oftentimes our priorities do change. We talk about it, uh, about we trade the one thing that's needful for a number of anything. I mean, we can look around at any sort of service and we can look and see why aren't they there. We can look at our own selves. Why is it that I didn't attend this or that? Why is it that I didn't spend the necessary time in studies? Why is it that I didn't spend necessary time in prayer? Because it really wasn't my priority. If it was, I would have placed that first and I would have made sure that I got that done before I'd done anything else. If it was truly a priority. We trade that one thing that's needful for a number of things, whether that be family. And don't get me wrong, families. Very important. But it should never take priority of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We place entertainment as a priority. Well, you know, I, this came up and you know, I, I just really enjoy that. Well, that's great. And, and we can make time for that, but it should never come before our priority and our dedication and our service, our devotion to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And most often it simply becomes... 
self. I place my interests, my desires. I I just need a break. I, I just need to rest. I just need a day off. Well, the nearer your priority. And not Christ. And in this passage of Scripture, we see two ladies... And, and they're both in the very same position. They both have, have, have the same opportunities. They're in a position to, to hear the Word of God, be taught by God. What an awesome opportunity that they're in to sit at the feet of Jesus and to hear eternal truths given to Him face to face. What an opportunity they had. But because of misplaced priorities... One's left distracted. One's less cumbered. One's less stressed out and bothered. Why? Because misplaced priorities. And you look around in our society, in our world today, and you see so many Christians, so many people in general that are just stressed. They're overwhelmed, overstimulated. Why? Because they're allowing so many things to drown out the one thing that is needful. If we need one thing in this world at all, it's the very Word of God. But we allow so many things to get in the way of that. Look at our community. Look at our church. Look at our very own lives. Is this not a significant issue that we have to fight every single day? Whenever I wake up, and that alarm goes off, and I know it's, it's 6 o'clock, I ought to get up, because if I don't, I'm not going to have time to spend time in Scripture. I'm not going to have time to, to spend time in prayer, but you know what? I'm tired. I, I can catch up this evening. We all know this evening, time never comes. I've made myself a priority. Here in the ending of, of, uh, of this verse, in, verses in Luke chapter 10, We've got to understand that, that as Jesus enters into to the house of Martha, he's less than one year away from, from the time where, where he's going to be crucified for our sins. He's in the, 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 the ending periods of his earthly ministry. Just months away from, from entering into Jerusalem where he's going to lay down his life for all who will believe. He's already sent out the 70 laborers into the fields. To, to try and, and, and prepare the harvest, to teach of the kingdom of God. Jesus has left Galilee. He's, he's, he's already performed many miracles. And now he's, he's traveling from place to place but with a heavy emphasis on teaching. Preparing the, the disciples and, and his followers for, for the things to come. And we see he, he comes into this certain village and he's welcomed. He's received into the house of, of Mary and Martha. And that's a great thing. You know, we always ought to have that desire to, to, to be welcoming to our Lord and Savior, to, to, to be welcomed to the presence of the Holy Spirit, to give Him our, our full and, and undivided attention. Because we know that many times this, this wasn't the case as, as Jesus and His disciples tra- traveled around. They didn't always get a warm welcome. <coughs> We see that just earlier in this chapter, in Luke chapter 10, verse 10, where he's informing the 70. He says, But into whatever city ye enter, and they receive you not, 
Go your ways out into the streets of the same and say, even the very dust of your city, which cleaveth on us, we do wipe off against you. Notwithstanding, be ye sure of this, that the kingdom of God has come nigh unto you. So we know that there's several times where the disciples were going to go into places and they weren't going to be welcomed. What we see uh, just in, in uh, one chapter back in Luke 9, where, where the messengers were sent out uh, to Samaria, but, but, but they weren't received. And they were so discouraged by it, so upset about that that they desired to, to cast fire down upon them. So the fact that, that, that Martha welcomed and, and received Jesus into her house is, is nothing to, to overlook. And it's something that we should never overlook. We, we ought to have a desire. <coughs> Let me get a drink of water. To be in the presence of our Lord and Savior. And not only was she welcoming Jesus, but but likely a number of his disciples, likely a a number of his followers as well. This was going to be a time where things were going to be hectic. Things were were, were going to be close-knit. They were going to be crowded. But she didn't seem to be bothered by that. She welcomed him in a desire to, to, to be with him, to, to be hospitable. It was something we can certainly commend her for. The, the Greek word used here um, was, was haikadukamai, uh, meaning to embrace and entertain as a guest. That tells us that not only did, did, did she take him in, but, but she done so with, with an excitement. She was happy to have Jesus Christ she was happy to have him into her house. She was happy to, to, to entertain him and, 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 and be in his presence and, and, and serve him. And church, that should be the same testament as a Christian. Amen. I'm happy to be in the presence of the Holy Spirit. Amen. When, when we should utter the, the, the words of the psalmist in, in 122. I, I rejoice. I was glad when they said, let us enter in to the house of the Lord. It should be a time where we're, we're truly happy. <coughs> And, and, and not a burden, not an I got to, but a wow. Well, what a blessing I, I get to have to, to be back in, into the house of God and, and to be with his people, to be with the like-minded people. We also see in, in verse 40 that this wasn't just a rabbi to Martha. This wasn't just a good teacher. For it says in Luke chapter 10, verse 40, but Martha was coming about much serving and came to him and said, Lord. She realized who it was that she had in her presence. This wasn't a good teacher, but this was the Lord Almighty. Amen. Therefore, it's safe to say that Martha had a desire to, to be in his presence. That's a desire that, that we ought to have. You know, this is a desire that, 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 that David wrote in Psalm 143.6. Turn there with me if you will. In Psalm 143.6, David wrote, I stretch forth my hands unto thee. My soul thirsteth after thee as a thirsty land. You know, I've never been to the point of, uh, of great thirst. I've been blessed in the fact that I've always had a, a source right, right there close by. But you just think of, of, of that, that, that time when, when even you're... you're, you're th- Throws just a little bit dry, a little bit scratchy. 
after time of, of, of work or exercise, and, and, and you take that cold drink of water, how, how satisfying it is. David said, I thirst after thee. My soul thirsts. We know where, where satisfaction comes. We know where, where, where that joy comes from. We know where, where that sustainment comes from. And we ought to yearn for that. To yearn to, to be in the presence of His Lord. <coughs> of our Lord forever. However, saying, Lord, I desire to be in your presence isn't necessarily saying, Jesus, you're my priority. Sometimes, Lord, I desire to be in your presence, but something else has came up. Lord, I desire to be in your presence. I just don't feel good. I'm tired. Just because we desire to be in his presence. And, and how many times have we heard it? Well, you don't have to go to church. I can read my Bible. I can watch it online. I tell you, there's just something different Amen. about being in the house of God with, with like-minded believers. That there's something different about the spirit that, that stirs within a place that, that, that's, that's, preaching, that's preaching the unadulterated word of God. I got tangled up there. There's just something different about it. But we also see that not only did Martha welcome him in, but, but she also served him. She opened up her house for Jesus and others who may have been with her, and she done so with a joyful heart, but we know that she had a desire not to just let him in, but to serve him as an honorable guest. And you know, that's, that's something too that, that, that certainly can be commended. Turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 4. First Peter chapter 4 verse 9 says, Use hospitality one to another without grudging. She had a desire to be hospitable. And we know as Scripture says that, that she was cumbered with much serving. That she had a deep desire to, to be sure that, that he was well cared for. You know, I don't think that when, when she was cumbered down with much care, it was because she just wanted to, to do all these things, but she wanted to make sure that, that my Lord has everything that He needs. That, that, that if He's thirsty, He has a drink. If He's hungry, He has something to, to eat. We've we got to make sure that He has the best that I have to offer. And you know, that's important. The same thing should be true about us as, as we come in day in and day out. Whether I eat, drink, or whatsoever I do, do all to the glory of God. Now, I want to give Him all that I've got, every, every essence that I've got. It's also great, just as it's taught in, in Romans chapter 12. In Romans chapter 12, verse 10, it says, Be kindly affectionate one to another with brotherly love, in honor, preferring one another. Now, and you think about the actions of Martha, and she was putting her service to Christ and, and, and whoever else may have been there over herself. Rather than sitting down and, and enjoying all the things that were being, gone, be, being done, she ran around with much care, cumbered, stressed. She placed others before her own self. We know that, that she was placing what she thought were his needs above her own. 
as well as the others who were sitting there. And, and that's respectable. Turn with me also to the to book of Philippians chapter 2. Brother John covered this not too long ago. But in Philippians chapter 2, verse 3, it says, Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind let each esteem other better than themselves. She was willing to say that, Lord, you're, you're worthy of this sort of treatment. I have, I have no reason to sit back and say, well, this is my house. If anybody who gets, should, should ought to get to sit down and, and enjoy your presence, it ought to be me. And she said, this is my house and, and that's my Lord and I'm going to serve Him but with all that I have because He's deserving of it. But listen, she allowed her service to the Lord to become more important than the Lord Himself. You know, brother, you mentioned just last Wednesday about how oftentimes the, the role of pastor becomes a job to many. I've been there. Lincoln came to me after I held that role of pastor and he said, Daddy, I, I want you to spend time with me. And regretfully, I, I shrugged him off. I said, buddy, this is what I've been called to do. Now I've got to get it done. And you know, I really, it didn't hit me that first time. I just thought, he's young. You don't understand. But what I didn't understand is that I was allowing my service, my, 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 my duties, my responsibilities to really get in the way of serving the Lord as I should. And he came to me a second time, several months later, said basically the same thing. And at that moment, it broke my heart. Because I realized my service to the Lord is it's not only affecting the way that, that I'm worshiping, but it could very well get in the way of how my son views the Lord. What I found out later is it was, it was not only affecting my sons, but it was affecting all, all sorts of people in my life. We've got to be so, so careful that we don't place the priority on service, but we place our priority on, on the Lord. Lord, I want to serve you, but I want to serve you with the right heart. I don't want to serve you out of responsibility. I don't want to serve you out of duty, but I want to serve you out of love. I want to serve you in a way that, that, that brings others closer to you, that, that brings you glory, that, that the people may look at my works and, and give you the glory. I don't want to just do it to say that I hold a role. I don't want to just do it because it's my job. I want to do it for the right reasons. I don't want it to, to be a stumbling block. See, it's a dangerous thing to allow service to the Lord to become more important than the Lord Himself. We see so many Christians fall into it. They're going, they're, they're, they're doing the things but it's all just part of the job rather than being based upon our love for Jesus Christ. And that type of service is dangerous because it leads to frustration. It leads to, to people being burnt out. I don't know how many times I've, I've seen people, I'm the only one who does anything. I just need a break. Well, you know, if we're, if we're truly serving the Lord for the Lord, then we can avoid that. I mean, we can avoid that. It hinders our view of the Lord, 
of who God is. You, you look at, at Martha here in, in Luke chapter 10 and she says, Lord, don't you care? What a statement to say to the very Creator. Don't you care that I'm serving alone? Of course He cares. And He would love for you to sit at His feet and enjoy His presence. He would love for us to, to, to sit at His feet and, and, and truly worship. Truly take in all the, all the, the wonders and, and, and mysteries and, and truth that, that, that He's bringing forth. I hope you see today that the danger of, of placing service to the Lord as a priority over the Lord Himself. She looked at the very God of, of, of creation who's surely delivering eternal truths and accuses Him of not caring for. What more could He have done to show His care than to enter into to her abode and to bring forth the Word of God? That's the most caring thing He could have done in that time. The very God who was preparing to die to make atonement for her sin is accused of, of not caring simply because she misplaced her priorities. Not only that, but Martha also desired for Mary to get up. Lord, won't you tell Mary to come and help me? You know, we, we have the, the, the ability to look at this in the past and, and to see how it all plays out. But what a silly thing to ask of the Lord. Lord, won't you tell her to quit listening to you and come and help me do the dishes. Come and help make the beds. This stuff's important. We need never to, to, to be a hindrance to the Word of God. We need never to allow anything to get in the way of, of, of others growing. Others hearing the, 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 the eternal truths. She was willing to to let her misplaced priorities hinder her sister from hearing the Word of God. And don't get me wrong, I'm not trying to pile on Martha. She's done a great thing, a thing that, that many others wouldn't have done. But what I'm trying to show us all is that we can find ourselves in, in, in a place that's dangerous, a place that, that, that's hurtful when we begin to misplace our priorities. When we begin to, to put things, number one, that have no, no business being there. It's a very dangerous thing when we begin to, to elevate anything that isn't Christ. Welcoming the presence of God and, and serving with great desire is, is a needful thing, but not at the expense of missing the one thing that is necessary. Jesus, may, is, Jesus is, 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 ought to always be the priority. Not a priority, but the priority. And that's what we see with, with Mary. When Martha confronts Jesus in, in regards to, to, to Mary, look how he responds there. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things, but one thing is needful. And Mary has chosen that good part, which shall not be taken away from her. 
Mary's found the one thing that's needful. Jesus isn't going to tell her to walk away from it. Jesus isn't going to tell her to, to go and I'll wait for you. He says she's found the thing that she needs the most. And that's time in the presence of God. It's time in, in, in His Word. We aren't given much information about Mary in this particular passage of Scripture, but we are told at least two things. First, we see that in verse 39, she sat at, at Jesus' feet. That's something very important when it came to, to women in this time period. When it came to, to Jewish religion, the women weren't allowed to, to, to be close to the rabbis. They were, they were to, to either stand at the very back or even maybe even farther off in, in a section dedicated just for women. So the fact that Mary would have the audacity to scoot as close to Jesus as she possibly could shows that I have a desire to, to really feed on what you have to give. I understand that the, the truth that you're about to divulge are something that I'm in, in a great need for. These are things that are so very important. And church, that's what our attitude toward the Word of God ought to be. Any time that, that we have the opportunity to be where the Word of God is going to be brought forth, I want to give it all that I have. Right. I want to pay all the... And don't get me wrong, I'm, I'm just as guilty as anybody else about getting distracted. But truly, if we place our priorities correctly, let the kids do what they're going to do. Let, let, let the neighbor do what they're going to do. I need to clear my head and place my focus on one thing. And that's sitting at the feet of Jesus. I need to, to give it all that I have. To be able to get close and enjoy that. It shows us that when presented with the opportunity to be in the presence of Jesus, that nothing else needs to matter more. Mary has a, a heart that's described well in the book of Psalm. In the book of Psalm, chapter 27, it says in Psalm, chapter 27, verse 4, One thing have I desired of the Lord, that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord, and to inquire in His temple. One thing I desire, and that's to be in your presence, Lord. I want to understand you. I want to see your beauty. Church, how in the world will we ever understand Him? How will we ever have the, the, the vivid pictures of Christ if we don't pay attention to the Word? If we don't look at the, the, the pictures that, that are painted here in these words? And it also says about Mary that she heard His Word. It's one thing to be here. It's one thing to even pay attention. But are we truly hearing the Word of God? Or is it just noise? Is it something that we allow to, to come in and then by the time we walk out we couldn't tell you what we heard? Mary had a desire to, to hear the Word of God. I'm sure as Jesus is teaching that there's plenty of opportunities to be distracted. You think as, as Martha's running around, I'm sure there's 
plenty of ample opportunities to, to get focused on oh, me. Martha's running around and she probably needs help. She looks stressed. Now, I'm sure there's, that there's things that maybe they can see out the window. Noises that are maybe, maybe being made by, by, by other people in the room. But she realized this is something that's far more important than anything else that's going around. And instead of getting distracted, she placed a priority on receiving divine truth from the very Creator Himself. It's time that while we're here, you know, for, for this hour, hour and a half, whatever time it is, forget about everything else. Allow this to be a time where, where I can push away the stresses of this life. And I can place my full undivided attention on worshiping, on hearing the divine truth of God. For he says one thing is needful. Yes, there, there's a lot of things that, that we have responsibilities for, and we ought to be good stewards of them. But God says there's one thing that's, that, that's needful, and that's hearing the Word of God. Brother John tells us all the time, faith comes by hearing, and hearing of the Word of God. We, we, we want to increase our faith. How do we expect to do so? It's in the Word of God. If we want to see the lost saved, how do we expect to do so? But then to hear the Word of God. So when given the opportunity to meet together in the presence of the Holy Spirit and hear the Word of God, there should be nothing that, that, we, that we place before that. It's church time. It's time to go. We're not missing it for nothing. Turn with me, if you will, last passage of Scripture into the book of John. In the book of John, verse, verse 6, We read and it says, starting on verse 25, When they had found him on the other side of the sea, they said unto him, Rabbi, when camest thou hither? And Jesus answered them and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, you seek me, not because ye saw miracles, but because ye did eat of the loaves and were filled. Jesus says, Labor not for the meat which perishes, but for the meat which endureth unto everlasting life, which the Son of Man shall give unto you. For him hath God the Father sealed. When Jesus speaks this verse, he's, he's talking to, to the multitude who one day earlier sat on the beach and were fed by the five loaves and two fish. And after, it says that after Christ perceived that they were going to take him by force and, and insert him as the king, that, that, that he, he ran off into the mountains. And so what we see here is that these people desiring to, to be in the presence of Christ, they put forth some effort to find Him. Because we know that, that after He departed into the mountains of the disciples, they were instructed to go get on the boat and to sail towards Capernaum. We, we know that, that, that Jesus met Him over there. Well, these people, they were left on the other side of the sea. And they really had no clue where Jesus went. The last time they saw Him, he was, he was departing off towards the mountains. So that means these people... They went on a severe, urgent search party to find Christ. Now we know that they were doing it for the wrong reasons. But nonetheless, they were searching for Him. He says, labor not for the meat which perishes. Christ acknowledges these people put forth some labor. He says, labor for the, that which, which never perishes. Labor for that meat which endureth unto everlasting life. 
How much labor are we willing to put forth? How much work are we willing to put forth to get into the house of God? How much work are we willing to put forth to say, you know what, this is a priority. And it may make things a little bit more difficult down the road. But this is meat that's going to endure. This is meat that, that's going to bring forth eternal life. So as I close, I said that was going to be my last one, but if, if, you'll, if you'll permit, look here how in, in, in Luke chapter 10, verse 41, how Christ corrects her, how Christ corrects Martha. He says, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things. It's a soft rebuke. It's a loving rebuke. You've made a mistake. But I'm not writing you off. I want you to get it right. There's only one thing that's needful, Martha. It's, it's not dinner. It's not the making of the beds. It's, it's not the preparations. The one thing that's needful is that you be right here at my feet. That you hear these words of God. You know, I'm thankful for that. <clears throat> Jesus could have easily just walked out of the house. He said, you know what, you've, you've welcomed me in, but you have no desire for me. You, you've missed it. And if you're going to miss it, there's other people who, who, who take it and, and, and receive it rightly. But not only did, did he correct her lovingly, he explained to her how she missed it. He had a concern for her. And let her know there's only one thing that's necessary. So I urge us all tonight, examine ourselves. Heed to the correction of the Lord and Savior. Heed to, 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 the, to the conviction. Maybe the Holy Spirit's pouring out on you tonight. It's likely that there are days that are full of the unnecessary. And look, I don't know if, if we'll ever get to meet back on here in this church. But we, ne we never know how many more services we're going to get to be part of. Never know how many more opportunities we'll have to open up the Word of God. As I said in this passage of Scripture, we know Christ only had less than a year before He was going to go and ascend to be with the Father. The opportunity was fleeting. Church, ours is too. Every single time we're, we're one service closer to not being able to do this. We ought to take it seriously. We ought to make hearing and, and, and participating in the Word of God a priority. Let us pray. Father God, Lord, we do come to You tonight. Lord, so thankful for Your Word. Lord, so thankful for Your grace and mercy. Lord, that although oftentimes we, we make several mistakes, Lord, we fall so short. Lord, that You're so loving, so gracious to correct us. And Lord, I pray tonight that, that we heed to Your correction. Lord, I pray that we always place, place our priorities correctly. Lord, I pray for, for our eyes to be opened. Lord, to reveal to us what it is that we're allowing to get into, our, into the way of, uh, of serving you as we should. And Lord, I pray tonight that yeah, if you spoke to one, that Lord, tonight would just be the night that they would truly understand what, what it is. And Lord, I do love you and I give you all the praise, all the honor and the glory. I pray that you forgive me of my sins. I say this all in the name of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Brother Jim, you come. Brother.
Thank you, Brother Jeremy. Thank the Lord for the message that was brought forth. You know, to be honest with you, our priorities sometimes do slip, even in the house of God, when we when we come in to hear, but it's never heard. And a lot of times our priorities is often outside somewhere. What God's people need to always remember is that we're promised one thing in this house. That's where two or three of us are gathered together in His name to worship. He says, I'm going to be there. That ought to make our priority really stand forth. That ought to make us aware of why we're in the house of God and the reason to come to the house of God. And what a joy it is just to be among God's people. As I said this morning in a service, in the first service that we were preaching, you know what? It ought to be a joy just to be in the house of God. To see smiles upon people's faces, you know. I tell you what, sometimes it's so hard when people just look like they're, they're ready to, I don't know. Our, our joy, our joy should be even now. You think about that message that he brought. You think about, you think about what was said there. You know, there's priorities that we need to place in our lives. Some of those priorities, number one, is to be in the house of God. To be in the place of worship when He calls for that time of worship. The second thing is to realize that He's in this place. The third thing is to realize that He's going to teach us from His Word. That's why He gives you pastors. That's why He gives you teachers. That's according to God's Word. Is our priorities where they need to be. Let's all stand, please. 385. 385. <clears throat> <clears throat>